One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, welcome to Life's a Pitch. My name's Mike Calvin. I'm joined by Don Fifield of The Guardian and Tom Hopkinson of The People. Down in the deep, something stirs. Sunderland and Big Sam come out fighting. Newcastle finally remember who they're playing for. Suddenly, relegation isn't cut and dried. Neither's the title or the top four come to that. It's FA Cup semi-final week, the biggest week in the managerial career of Roberto Martinez. Who's your player of the year? We'll tell you ours. But first, life at the bottom. Have Norwich blown it, Don? They've made life particularly hard for themselves, let's put it like that. They could well be in the bottom three the next time they play, and that's away at Arsenal. Um, and I just think Saturday, psychologically, was hugely damaging to them. Probably probably similarly to, to the game at Palace the week before when they got beaten as well. Um, the same old problems are affecting their, their, their play. They have quite pretty approach play, quite nice creative players in Naismith, Jarvis on the wings. Um, but the reality is they, they don't take the chances they create. And without Tim Close at the back, uh, they're vulnerable. And, and that was a particularly damaging defeat, mm. um, 3-0. Goal scorers, you know, we always say worth their weight in gold. Now, that might not be a great deal when Jermaine Defoe is concerned because of his size, but, you know, he's the sort of guy that you need in this situation, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of question marks when uh, Jermaine Defoe went to Sunderland in the first place, weren't there, when he came back from uh, playing in the MLS? But, um, you know, what a, a masterful signing that has been. I know it wasn't always easy for him because uh, of the formations that Sunderland have liked to play over the last, particularly the last year or so. But since Big Sam's come in, you know, he really knows how to get the best out of him. And, you know, I, I said probably a month ago that I, I felt that Sunderland, of, of the three teams that were still battling relegation, Sunderland, Norwich and Newcastle, Sunderland were the ones with the best chance of staying up purely because, you know, back then you would be looking at Jermaine Defoe thinking, well, he's got a chance of getting you four, five, six goals. He's certainly well on the way to that, another contribution uh, at the weekend. And, uh, you know, with four games to go for Sunderland, if he can pop up with another couple, that that could, for me, be the difference between them staying up and Newcastle and Norwich going down. And, and Sam, you know, getting involved you know, physically on the touchline, that shows you there's a mood change there. Yeah, it was almost like a show of unity, wasn't it? Getting stuck into Cameron Jerome quite early on, the third minute, wasn't it? Um, I, I just look at Sunderland, they're, they're, they're a bit more streetwise, certainly more streetwise than Norwich, um, and quite possibly from Newcastle as well. They're, they're used to being down there, they're used to getting out of that situation as well. Mm. We, we, one other player that, that played well Saturday was Fabio Barini. Go back two years, Barini was the one who was, he was integral to their, to their rise out of the bottom three under Poyet when, when they win, they're winning at Chelsea and inflicting Jose Mourinho's first league defeat at Stamford Bridge. 
that these guys have been there before and they know how to get out of that situation. You know, it was a much more hopeless situation two years ago than it is now. They, they feel they've got a bit of momentum going for them and, you know, they're, they're an awkward side to play against. I think the players will have looked across at Big Sam getting involved in that ruck yeah. at the start as well. And, and when you see your manager fighting like that, it makes you, you know, galvanised and you want to get yeah. you want to get behind him. And the other player that we, we must mention as well, who derided, uh, you know, I, I was certainly amongst those laughing at his debut, uh, Kershaw, when oh, he came in at, the game as well, at, at Tottenham. He was yeah. he, he just had a howler, came on for about half an hour. The game changed. I think they were 1-0 down when he came on, something like that, and ended up losing mm. four, was it? Mm. You know, mm. and, and he, but he was just awful. There was an own goal. There were mistakes to give away a penalty. But I have to say, now playing him in that defensive mid midfield role, he's come in and he's almost brought a little bit of the the Munich. You know, he's almost that statuesque kind of player that he's still carrying. The fact that he, he's a Bayern Munich player or has been a Bayern Munich player in him. You know, and I think that's really working for Sunderland mm -hmm. and. Catamol as well feeding off him at the weekend. Catamol was excellent, and uh, that's that's again that, that goes to say why I think. Some are we, of them are we ever up. in danger of, of overplaying managerial significance? You know, I think we like Sam because he's a he's a colourful character. I heard a fantastic story about him uh, when he was at Preston, and they won promotion, and it was a lads' holiday in Spain, and the highlight of this holiday was him having a, a sumo fight. Wasted in suntan oil and just a little thong oh, which is an awful image. <laughs> and he lost the fight and they, they buried him up to his neck. But that was sort of central to his legend at that club. Do we actually overplay how important Sam is to Sunderland? No, I don't think so. He's never been relegated. Um, and as soon as he comes in, you can see what he's trying to do. He's a bit like Tony Poulis. I mean, it's, it might be managerial basics, but certain managers are better at organising back lines and defensive midfielders than, than others. Um, others stick to different kinds of principles and attacking principles. But, you know, when you're in a crisis, you want somebody who has a track record of keeping you up. And I think Allardyce brings that, that streetwise, you know, street fighting quality to your team in the same way that Pulis does. And, and you know, if you, if, you, if you look at the managers down there, I mean, Benitez has no real exper experience of this. Alex Neal is 34 um, and he's, you know, competing in the Premier League for the first time. So he has no real experience of this as a manager. Allardyce has got the track record. Mm. And Rafa, you know, they're playing Manchester City on Tuesday night. They've lost their last 12 games against them. You know, this whole thing about momentum, I know it's quite intangible sometimes. Do you expect them to win that? No. <laughs> no, the slightest. Uh, I mean, we, we, uh, yeah, I was at uh, Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. We'll come back to Manchester City, uh, you know, later in the uh, program. But I, I, they were they were excellent. And Newcastle, it, what I, I do think, I mean, it showed great character um, at the weekend, knowing that Sunderland had mm. gone out and recorded that three 0 victory, really laid down a marker. And for Newcastle to go out and and record a victory of the same scoreline, I, I thought that said a lot about the the. the character that Rafa has now instilled in that group of players and I think it's been great to hear Lascelles uh, come out in the, the last week and, and have a uh, go at everyone uh, mm -hmm. within the club. Really you know, unusual and a young player. Was he 22, 23 yeah. and, and to have the confidence to come out and do that but it, it almost seems like, you know, and he said himself didn't he that he expected to get hammered by his teammates for it but I, I think that, that shows great leadership qualities and, and you know, he's, he's really one to keep an eye on if they, if they can avoid the drop then um, you know, it'll be because of characters like him who have uh, come in right at the death and steered them through it. Mm, and decisive selection policy, wasn't it? I was just going to say, I mean, to, to, to have dropped 
John Joseph Shelby to the to the bench to start that game against his former club and a player that under McLaren when he joined in January he was going to be the sort of fulcrum of the side wasn't he he was mm. going to be the one that was going to take him to safety that was a bold move but I think it reflected also that Newcastle's back line is their Achilles heel it's it's uh, it's porous um, and, and the reality is they need two combative midfielders in front of them I know Shelby came off the bench second half the reality is that that was the bare minimum that Newcastle had. They had to win that game. Yeah. They'll be targeted. They targeted Swansea, the Palace game, and the Villa game at home. They have to win those three, and then somewhere on the line they have to end this abysmal away form or get a result against Manchester City, and mm. then hope that proves enough over Sunderland and, and Norwich. Yeah, and they've got Liverpool on Saturday as well. Who are they're flying as well, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I mean, uh, they've had a great week, haven't they? I mean, to, to get the result they did against Dortmund, I was one of those who flicked the telly on at 3-1, saw the score and thought, oh, I'm not going to bother with that, and uh, <laughs> regretted it about 20 minutes later when the alert came through on my phone to say they'd gone through. Incredible achievement against one of the, the best sides in uh, in Europe. And then to then change the side as he did and bring in all the youngsters to play Bournemouth. I mean, I've, I've seen Bournemouth a fair bit this season and, and make no mistake that that's not an easy place to go down there to Dean Court and, and get a result like that particularly for such an, in, an inexperienced group of players mm. so um, they, they really will use the momentum that, that came from the victory over Dortmund and yeah it's, it's, they're going to be a very tough team for anyone who faces them and of course there's still the outside chance of, uh, of a top four finish for Liverpool isn't there which will be driving them on. Mm. What about the broader picture at Newcastle Dom you know they were absolutely slaughtered in, in that court case last mm. week. Um, really important questions posed about almost like the moral vacuum at the heart of the club because of the way they treated uh, Jonas. What was your view on that? Well, It's just hard to, to fathom how any employer could treat an employee quite like that. Um, even if, if, it, if you're arguing that, that a business decision, they didn't want to, to activate the year purely on his playing ability, I think certain situations call for some compassion and, and, and support in the right way. Well, here's, here's a man you know, undergoing scored. chemotherapy for cancer. Yeah, and he scored on the last day of last season to keep them up, let's not forget. I mean, he was one of the scorers against West Ham. And it's, he's a local hero, one of the few that Newcastle have celebrated as mm. a support they, Well, they chanted his name years. on Saturday, didn't they? Well, I think that says it all. It says it all. And the, the series of tweets that, that Gutierrez put out on the adjudication, I mean, quite frankly, you could you could feel that the, the emotion in, in the in the tweet, if that's possible, yeah. 140 yeah. characters. Yeah. But I mean, well, look, to be honest, he's playing for Deportivo La Coruña in La Liga. He's best off out of out of that club with those owners, and. Um, I would suggest that possibly Newcastle are missing him. It didn't show any common sense, did it? I mean, let, let's not pretend Newcastle are the first club ever to say to a player, look, you know, there's a clause in your contract that says once mm. you've made 50 yeah. appearances for us, you get a pay rise. We can't afford to do it. You're going to sit on the bench. It's happening with Rob Green. Rob Green's, Rob Green's yeah. the case in point, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, you know, and so th that goes on in football. We'd be naive to think that it, it doesn't. But, you know, to, to know what Gutierrez was going through and, yeah. and everything like that, you, you, you know you're opening up. You're leaving yourself wide open to a barrage of criticism and it just was handled very, very poorly mm. from everyone at the What do you think the end game is for Mike Ashley? <laughs> well, that's a great question. I mean, I, I just don't know. You know, I mean, he said, I think he's on record, isn't he, as saying that uh, he, he'd been better off never buying the club in the first yeah. place. Um, I mean, look, the, the end game for 
any multimillionaire, and I'm not speaking with any experience of being <laughs> one. But the end, the end game you would imagine is to make more and more money and to be in the Premier League when this incredible uh, TV rights deal kicks in. As things stand, Newcastle are going to do very, very well to be there, and uh, it's going to cost Mike Ashley a lot of money to to get the club back up to to that level. But until he gets somebody to come in and give him the sort of money that will pay off everything he's invested. I mean, let's, let's not make any mistakes about Mike Ashley. He's, he has invested mm. in the club, not necessarily at the right times, but he has put a lot of his own money into it uh, over the last few years. And yes, there have been lots of mistakes that he's made along the way as well. But I, I think until someone comes in and offers him uh, the, the sort of money that he feels will see him uh, make a few quid, uh, not necessarily make the fortune that he perhaps hoped to, then uh, I don't see him going anywhere. Mm. Different dimension to an absolutely similar problem at Aston Villa where you know, Randy Lerner turned off the tap long ago. When we look at relegation finally confirmed, mm -hmm. you know, we knew it was coming for, for weeks if not months, what is actually going on at a club like that? It just seems to have completely imploded. Yeah, and they've only sort of belatedly realised by the look of things. I mean, they have probably made the right decisions in terms of the board and the structure that, in terms of the hierarchy that will take them into the championship, uh, and that will give them a platform to to rebuild. But they're not going to be able to rebuild with those same players. Um, too many bridges have been burnt with those players. I mean, Jolyon Lescott's quotes post-match on, well, on no, Relegation's taken a weight off weight our, our shoulders. shoulders. Let's give the fans something they deserve over the last, that last four games, that being Championship football next season. It's, uh, look, OK, you may have said it on the spur of the moment in a post-match interview where you hadn't, wasn't quite thinking through what he was saying, but the lack of the lack of common sense and awareness in those summed it up, really. And he'll never repair that. With the, with the support, he, he can't well, it's, play it's, it's, again, beyond, can he? it's beyond repair anyway. Jolyon Lescott's relationship with them. I mean, I was, I was at Villa Park for the City game uh, a few weeks ago, and his own fans are singing about him having a new car and booing him. Uh, Brad mm. Guzan is getting booed as well. Yeah. There are players coming on as substitutes, getting booed for sins that, uh, of, of the last few weeks and the, the season that's just gone. It's a toxic atmosphere. You know, you've got thousands and thousands of fans holding up banners, uh, berating the players. It's not a nice place to play for. So they do need a big clear out. How but do I just, you do a clear out like that? Well, I don't think you can. I think oh. that's the problem. I think I think they'll probably they'll probably be able to get four or five out and, and maybe bring a couple of kids in from the academy. Maybe get a couple of new signings in. I mean, with with Lescott's quotes at the weekend, I actually think he was a, a little bit clumsy rather than there being any malice in it. You know, I, I I just think he was probably trying to say, look, it's been like a long, slow, painful death. We've yeah. known it was inevitable. We knew it was coming, and mm. now at least we can get on with focusing on next season and and. And, and it's happened now. We can we can move on. But I think he is that's damned what he was trying to say. But he, he is damned oh, yeah. by that, and he's damned by the car tweet yeah, that, exactly. uh, or the car Instagram, whichever it was that he mm. put Moving out. Moving away way. from Lescott, look at Agbonlahor. Well, that's Agbonlahor yeah. is even worse for me. It's a, it's a good point, Dom. It's, uh, for, for me, you know, for the club well, captain. How, how to can have you have a, a week's holiday in Dubai, and then you have to have two weeks off at a fit camp? It's a good holiday yeah. To, yeah. To, to to recover from. Yeah, you're, you're, you're meant to be a professional athlete. Well, professional. 
is not just about being paid to do something. Is it? You've got to actually behave as though you, you, your talent means something yeah. to you. You don't. I mean, you, you can forgive a player. Like I think Mika Richards was uh, had people supporters were having a pop at him for taking a holiday as well. Now I, I have no problem with players taking holidays. Everyone needs a bit of time. You know, you can't work solidly. And professional athletes train very, very hard over the course of ten months. You are going. Clubs send players away all the time. Even in the season, they might miss a game. They might send them away for a few days just to recharge. But to go away and be pictured out uh, when the club is in the perilous situation it's in and to be pictured uh, smoking a, a shisha pipe, it, it just smacked of, of unprofessionalism and, and a, just a lack of thought and consideration to all those fans and everything that they've gone through from probably or from arguably the one player who you would think yeah, he should would be understand icon. it. He should, he's a local lad, he, he, should, he should have been the one that was inspiring that, that, that team, the captain. And Mm. Interesting, you know, the fans, as you say, Tom, you know, passionate fans at Villa, set the agenda there. Mm. Same thing is really beginning to happen at Everton, isn't it? You know, we said right at the top mm. of the show, it, it's a huge week for Roberto Martinez, the Liverpool derby followed by the FA Cup semi-final. It, he's in peril, isn't he? He is. Um, he's a victim um, to the extent that Everton's home form has been abysmal and their away form has been excellent. Um, but the majority of Evertonians are, are just seeing the home performances. Um, but, I, I mean, look, Martin, I was at the Palace game last week and um, were, Everton were awful for the first 15, 20 minutes of that match. They couldn't string a pass together. Um, OK, they improved over the course of the game and they actually ended up feeling as if they, they achieved something by surviving that second half with 10 men. But for Martinez to come into his post-match duties and, and claim that that was um, perfect timing to put in a performance like that um, was baffling. And, and I'm just one of these people that, that can't cope anymore with this endless he's, positivity. He's, he's, he's a victim of his own positivity, oh, isn't he? And, you know, word. for all those but times... It's, it's parity, isn't it? it I, I, never, I look at him and I say, well, what, look, where's the substance? Yeah, mm. yeah and that, well, that's the point. You know, there have been games when he's come off and everyone else has thought that they've, they've been woeful. And rather than actually say it, he's tried to look for the positives and it tried to talk it up. And, of course, now, you know, whenever there isn't... Or when something, when he does come out and say, look, we actually did quite well there, which, you know, I was at the, the Palace game with Dom and the Everton fans, there, there were no murmurs from them because they could see the work rate yeah. and, and the commitment had been there, and, and particularly when MacArthur got sent off, um, you know they, they they actually played well and and, and were well deserving of their point. So when he does come out and say that's a good point, people are just like, well, it's just Martinez being positive again, and you yeah. know we, it, it's plastering uh, over and the you, cracks. You look at the form guide, and they haven't won for six Premier League games. Yeah, and and the, the run has been dismal. And the reality is that that, that is a squad. With so much talent, it should. And everybody looks at what Leicester have achieved, um, you know, what Spurs are doing, what West Ham are doing, and, and that Everton squad should be up there competing with them. They've got the quality to do it. They've got Barkley, they've got Lukaku scoring 20 goals for them, and they, they've got John Stones at the back. They've got up and down the spine of that team. Even McCarthy's a great player mm. when he's fit. Okay, they've, they've they've suffered occasionally from injuries. That's everybody has, but they've underachieved horrendously. And, and if they win the FA Cup. And finish mid-table, then you know, they have they have taken something tangible out of the season. A, a trophy, the first one since '95. Um, but go out the semi-finals and finish mid-table. That's bordering on a disastrous season for Everton, really, given the talent in that squad. And even with the new majority shareholder at the club, or major shareholder at the club, 
you can see players leaving, in which case they've missed an opportunity with mm. this talent. Well, look, I mean, Lukaku, for one, you just cannot see from everything that's coming yeah. out. You know, when the, the, the player's agent and dad and brother are not talking <laughs> and saying things about who he would like to play for, where they'd like to see him play without his say-so. I'm, I'm hoping no one's One step that down from a come and get me plea, that, yeah. isn't it, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, you know, we're hearing a lot of talk about Pellegrini's name being mentioned with Everton. Um, as I said, it's a key week. If they lose and lose badly to Liverpool in the derby, they will have been in no fit state then to, to prepare for Man U, will they? No, I mean, they, they, they need a, a good result uh, in that derby, um, regardless of you know taking that game in isolation and, and not even thinking uh, about what's coming up in the next few weeks. They, they have to do it, because if, if they go into the derby game and, and surrender meekly to Liverpool, then everything that Martinez is feeling at the moment, you can ramp that up tenfold. Mm. What about Man United? Um, very interesting how, how Louis van Gaal has, has almost like pitched his wagon or, or, or attached his wagon to, uh, to Marcus Rashford. Does he believe in youth or is this just a, a, a nice byproduct, a bit of desperation? I, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's been a strategy. That, I think at the beginning of the season, you know, having spent £200 million in the market, I don't think they were anticipating leaning quite so heavily on, the, on, on a, what was at the time quite a much maligned academy, actually. Mm. Um, but he, they, they could end up proving to be his, his saviours, strangely. I mean, I, Van Gaal's season, United season, every time you think that they've they're, they're reached the point of no return, they pluck out a result from nowhere that, that, that offers hope again of of Champions League football or a trophy, mm. and, um, which in some ways is admirable, but I still don't see any long-termism there, really, in terms of the management structure. Mm. Uh, and the one thing about them, the positive that people will cling from, from this season, really, is the progress of those kids. And mm. Rashford has been a breath of fresh air, seven goals and 12 minutes. Would you take him to the Euros? No. No, I still think he's too raw. I think it's just too soon. Um, and I don't think he brings more quality. I mean, look, seven goals in 12 games is... is Magnificent, and and um, you know, had England been lacking a goal scorer this yeah. season, I would have been tempted. But, but we're with not, we're not lacking, you know, it's one position that we're absolutely flying this year. So mm. no, I would I would leave him to uh, develop and leave him with the 21s for uh, you know a tournament or give him a couple of years and then say look, keep doing what you're doing. But what makes me laugh about Van Gaal, he's been very uh, quick to take responsibility for using the the youngsters. Wouldn't have got near the team if he'd not been for all the injuries United have absolutely. suffered this year. They, they he just wouldn't have done it um, you know it, it, the club is in need of a short term fix and you don't rely on youngsters to give you that short term fix you know when, when when we think back to the class of 92 they they were brought into the side because it was an evolution and, and at the moment United needs more of a revolution We can't put it off any longer Dom you know, I want to intrude on a little bit of private grief with Palace you know, a, club, a club that's close to your heart let's put it like that uh, <laughs> would, would the FA Cup be a short term fix for Palace this season? If they won it, mm. if they won it, it would go down as the greatest thing the club has ever achieved. So that can't really be a, a short-term fix. Um, I think uh, it's probably played a bit of a part in the in the run they've had since the end of December. Um, a bit. Um, it's certainly kept their season going. Um, but I actually think I actually think they'll probably go into that game um, on Sunday in in, in pretty good. Spirits and pretty good health. I know. I know it's one win in it, on the face of it. It's one win in eighteen league games or seventeen mm. league games. But but 
they've, the last, they've, they've got enough points in those last four matches, unbeaten matches, um, to probably not worry so much about relegation anymore. I think they're probably there now. Um, they can achieve that if they get a result at That's very United. much it. Listen, you're there. That's a Palace fan talking. <laughs> well, I have been, believe me, it has been eating away at me for a while. But, um, but I think they can go in with and, and, and look to express themselves now. I think, they, I think Wembley might actually suit them and their players. And wide open spaces, big pitch. Balassi, big goal for him on Sunday because he's been off colour recently. Zaha cameos recently but he'll relish going back against Watford who he's got history against at Wembley Punchin's back in form and doing very very well at the moment if they had a striker mm. they'd be up on mid-table very very comfortably that striker who's been prolific or has had a run of game so if they win that FA Cup it's the greatest thing they've ever achieved so I don't think it's a short-term fix What about Watford? Well, they've done well, haven't they? I mean, to, to achieve their safety um, at this stage of the season, you know, I, I, when they came up, I thought, well, you'd look at it and, and everything that uh, Sanchez Flores had to do with that new squad, you know, you, you looked at it and thought they were going to be hanging on right to the mm. bitter end. And there was a period midway through the season where they, I think they lost four games on the spin and you mm. just wondered whether everything that they'd uh, achieved in the first half of the season was going to start coming undone mm. and unravelling. But to, to give uh, Sanchez Flores his, his credit, you know, he he, he just galvanised the team and, and they've mm. done very, very well. A massive um, win for them at the weekend. It was, just, yeah. Just, to keep, yeah. just above the, the cut-off. Because they would have been... I mean, if, if, if they hadn't got that the result, they'd been beaten at West Brom and the penalties had gone in. They'd have actually been below Palace going into this game and they'd have been the closest ones at the relegation zone. Mm. I, th I think Troy Dean has been fantastic for them oh, in yeah. the way that he's just... Is such an influential character. I think he's the best captain in the Premier League. He's in, he is inspirational, absolutely. And, and he's a... You know, somebody who's turned his life around and and has become a talisman for the club and a club that has. I think if, if Leicester hadn't achieved what what they've done this year, we would be making so much more of what Bournemouth and Watford mm. have done this year yeah. this mm. season. I mean, it, it has been remarkable. And for the for the the, the overhaul in the, in the playing staff last summer and and with the manager managerial coaching staff as well, Deeney's been the constant. He's been the one, the, the rock in that in that team. Um, a selfless player, a player that, that inspires purely by work rate and industry, and, and he's got a bit of quality too. Mm. Don mentioned Leicester, Tom. Yeah. Are we seeing the first cracks in the fairy tale? You know, Jamie Vardy, not just the fact that he got sent off, but his attitude when that happened. They're going to miss him from at least one game, probably more now. Is that OK for them? Can they survive that? They can, because in Okazaki and uh, Ajoa, they've got players who can score goals as well. You know, it hasn't just... Remember, there was a period where, where Jamie Vardy wasn't scoring and um, and, and they still were, were grinding out victories. Um, I, look, there was going to be a, one game in the title running where Leicester didn't win. Uh, there, there might still be more. You know, they might slip up in another game or draw They've got Swansea game. next, but, which is but, but, but pretty yeah, good for you would, you would, you know, and if, if Vardy is going to miss a game, then Swansea's perhaps not the... Uh, worst one to, to miss with the way they've been playing of late um, I, I think they've still got enough in the locker to see the uh, to see the season out and I, a lot of, lot's been made uh, about Vardy and, and the sending off and the reaction I, I, I don't mind seeing that from him you know look it's probably not ideal to be jabbing a finger in the referee's face but if he just walked off meekly and mildly, having been sent off at this stage of the season when that, that Premier League title is, is so close you know they can see it and, and to not have that sort of emotional reaction to it I'd, I'd be wondering I'd be thinking there was probably not quite wired up exactly how I would want my centre forward to be wired up so um, yeah it's, it's, it's not great to see but 
I think we can forgive him for it. Mm -hmm. And you're quite happy with the way that you know, someone like Ranieri can keep a lid on, on all that stuff? Yeah, I think so. There's no evidence to suggest he's suddenly going to implode now. Um, I thought it was actually a decent point. Uh, West Ham are a good team. Yeah. West Ham are a very good team. And, and, and they, they, will cause, they will cause better teams than... Well, there aren't any better teams than Leicester, I suppose, this season. But they, they have caused a lot of... Look at their away results this season. Early in the season when they set the standard. I think that's a really, really good point to have claimed. And, and actually, the, the nature in which they did it in the end will actually inspire them going into the last few games. Swansea, if Swansea play like they did at Newcastle when they go to the King Power Stadium, then that's another, that's another three points to Leicester, it, really. I, th I think that... that Point that Leicester took. We, you know, until Tottenham have played uh, yeah, their true. game in hand, yeah. you don't know how good it is. If Tottenham lose the game in hand against Stoke, it's a point gained. It's a point gained, and and they're they're another step towards the title. Mm. And Spurs have had that sort of character to respond because they just it's like someone chasing a bus, isn't it? You know, they, they get close to jumping on it, and then the bus goes goes just, away. Just again. pulls a few, pulls down yeah. to the next stop. I mean, yeah. yeah, but it's 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 interesting. We were talking to uh, Christian Eriksen on Friday for uh, some interviews that we ran in the paper at the the weekend, and um, you know, he was saying that in that side they've got uh, himself, uh, Vertonghen, Alderweireld. They're all in this position before with Ajax uh, back in I think it was 2010-2011 and the following season they, they were trailing Twente and it went down to the last day of the season and they ended up beating Twente to, to lift the Eredivisie title so you know they've got players who have been in this position before and he said you know the position we're in at the moment chasing is actually better than being on top but of course there becomes uh, there comes a certain point where there is a cut off and you say actually we now need to be yeah. in that position mm -hmm. so I think the next two results are probably crucial for Tottenham okay. and you know, obviously that you've got Leicester and Spurs players featuring very heavily in the, the player of the year mm -hmm. voting one name's not on there Sergio Aguero mm -hmm. um, Pellegrini's not happy with that you saw him play on Saturday both of you what do you think? well he was untouchable Saturday and his his strike rate is 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 staggering, goals per games absolutely ridiculous. He's done it consistently over his time in England, five years, whatever it is. The only thing I can think of that he doesn't get voted in is is that the votes are cast in one of those while he's having one of those mid-season lulls through injury, which mm. seem to happen quite a lot because uh, he is a phenomenon. The record, uh, as it stood on Saturday night, was that he'd scored 21 goals, which before Vardy scored on Sunday, he was on the same number and it had taken Aguero seven fewer games to get there. So mm -hmm. that just shows the mark of the man. You know, and, and as Dom says, you know, the, the amount of football that he's again missed this season through injury, that, that can be the only reason that people, people you know, think that the consistency is perhaps not there when clearly it is. Mm. What about the runners and riders from, from Leicester? There's a theory that because there are several candidates, yeah, you know, there'll be a split vote. Yeah. Well, I, I would I would have voted for a Leicester player for the FWA um, awards. Um, I voted for for Mares on on the basis that I think he was the he was the, the inspiration both in terms of goals and assists. Um, there, there are great cases for Jamie Vardy, obviously with the record earlier the season, but also as a broadsheet, I'm, I'm saying, I think I'm obliged to actually point out Kante as well because defensive midfielders apparently we're obsessed with them <laughs> on the broadsheets but he's just been an absolute beast in midfield and, and 
picked up again for it at a snip. But Mares for me, just I know he's gone off the ball a bit recently, but he's just been magnificent. And what about for you, Tom? Well, I, I wouldn't go for Mares because I think he's lacked consistency uh, over the course of the whole season. For me, I'm going to vote for Jamie Vardy. Not done it yet. I will do though because he, you know, his goals, the record, that was what really set Leicester up and put them in a position where people thought, hang on a minute, they could, they have got something about them. They could go all the way here. And then he did have a little bit of a lull, but he's come back with those two goals against Sunderland, then another goal at the weekend. He's now scoring at the business end. Yes, he's going to miss one one game, maybe two, but, but for me, he's been the story of the season. Well, there's so many worthy candidates. I'm going for N'Golo Five Lungs Kante. Thanks for joining us here on Life's a Pitch. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 